Greetings, and welcome to episode 15 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they talk about the things that they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we are joined by Bailey of Hops and Heroes to talk about the Sega Genesis. A wild triple stinger appears. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Car Podcast. Today's episode, Nostalgia Cast, Sega Genesis Edition. I am Paul, what's Paul playing today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Hey, Paul, how are you doing? I don't know, I kind of ran through that twice and still fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the best way to do it. Yeah, you know. I have a special guest, as you heard her laugh, it's Bailey of Hops and Heroes. What's up, Bailey? Hello. Yay. Yay, guest, I made it. Guest hosts finally got you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, before we get to our topic at hand, we got some stuff to go over. First of all, what's everyone drinking? Oh, can I go first? Yes. Please. Okay. Uh, well, it's kind of sweaty. I'm going to hold it up to the camera, but it's Blackbird Coffee. Just a little bit of coffee that I roasted and brewed. No big deal. <laughs> nice. Delicious, no cold, cold brew coffee. But I, uh, that's Ooh. what I do. Yeah, I made it from scratch. So, it's good. All right, then. What do you got, Dan? So, I'm drinking local stuff. The, uh, Yes. I have a can of emergency drinking beer. This Amazing. It is actually really good. It's by Wild Haven or Wild Heaven. And uh, it is... The emergency drinking beer? It, it is literally called all-purpose emergency drinking beer. I get that, but is it all-beer emergency drinking beer? <laughs> no. Well, so it's it's actually only 4%, which is oh. surprising. Emergency. But, it, but it is really tasty. But it's also really funny because they, like, have a serial number on the back and it says, like, drink of necessity, real brewed, all-purpose, blend, ready to drink, do not refill, do not reuse. <laughs> and it has it in, like, five languages on the back. Awesome. Because it's, awesome. you know, made to look like, you know, fallout shelter kind of emergency rations, but beer. Yeah, yeah. what do you get to? But it's pretty tasty. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Lost, like, when they had all the yeah. cans. Yeah, Dharma Initiative but, or whatever. We sell that at work, too. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, the Dharma Initiative stuff is definitely what it reminds you of. But yeah, they they make they make some really good beers. They're uh, down where I about 10, 15 minutes away from where I used to live down in Atlanta, and they make good stuff. So it's pretty tasty. Sweet, sweet. And uh, Paul, what are you drinking? I've been up since about 4:30, 4:45 this morning. I'm on my third monster. I'm so tired, guys. Ah, uh, the things you do for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks. Sweet. So, Bailey, what have you been playing recently? Oh, um, you probably haven't heard of it. Uh, it's kind of like an indie game. It's called Pokemon Go. I don't know. It's like a little. Man, what what is Pokemon Go? <laughs> <laughs> That's it's taken over my life. <laughs> no, <it's not> <laughs> you like that. <laughs> So, for for people who are still under a rock or are in one of the very unfortunate places that do not yet have Pokemon Go, uh, it is basically a Pokemon skin on top of Ingress. Uh, it a lot. It uses a lot of the same landmarks and stuff that Ingress does, and 
basically it's a an alternate reality game kind of and you they basically the goal is you're supposed to encourage you to walk around and as you're walking around you'll find pokemon and you can catch them uh, and the catching mechanic is a little interesting because it's, you know, like those uh, mobile games that they were really popular, like, back in the very, very beginning of mobile games because you would just, like, shoot, like, balls of paper at a trash can or, like, shoot little basketballs at a basketball hoop. Like, that is the mechanic for catching the Pokemon. The you most recent to... one would be the Facebook games of uh, tossing the soccer yeah. ball in the air or kicking up the, uh, the basketball. It's yeah. the same thing, really. Yeah, yeah. so ba- basically you have to, like, Flick it with just the right amount of like force to make make it actually hit the Pokemon on the fly, and then it'll catch them. It's slap it's on the board, it catches yeah. them, or it doesn't. They sometimes run away. Yeah, and yeah. it just bounces Pokemon. off their head. That happens to me sometimes. Just yeah, I had a haunter. <laughs> just, I had a haunter just head out of out of there. It's like no, I'm not getting caught today. <laughs> yeah, he's like I'm not playing. Yeah, literally just left right after that. He's like, yeah, I'm out. Nope, out of here. I don't remember what it was, but I had one where I was trying to catch it, and I threw it, like, way too hard, and the guy happened to, like, jump to try and dodge it and jumped right into the Pokeball and got caught off the screen. Like, I was like, oh, Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Stellar. it. Nice. <laughs> but there's been a lot of really funny stuff with Pokemon Go that, like, kind of happened back in the day with Ingress, but, I mean, Ingress got really popular, but it's not Pokemon, so, like, I mean, this is... Kind of, the, theoretically, the game people have been waiting for forever for Pokemon. And, like, I mean, there's been all kinds of crazy stories. Like, one of the guys from Rooster Teeth actually got a $180 traffic ticket for, like, I think running a stop sign while playing Pokemon Go in his car. Um, so, yeah, don't do that. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't drive and play Pokemon I, Go. Um, Just, I had a woman earlier stop. Kind of, I was on the sidewalk, and I stopped, and I didn't. You can turn the AR off. Yes. But I hadn't, so I like had the camera up, and she was right there, and she was waiting to cross the street, and we were in like our little downtown area, and she was looking over her shoulder at me, like, "What are you doing?" Because I think she thought I was trying to take a picture of her, her video, because I was yeah. like, "Spiro," and I was like trying to, and I was kind of going, and I think she thought I was like holding my camera up to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were. I well, I, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I just moved the camera slightly away and be like, mm, "You're not hot enough," and then went back yeah. to catching Spiro. Yeah, yeah just that, make eye contact, yeah. <laughs> that, that actually happened to me in uh, Ikea the other day, because we were talking online about some of the Pokemon stuff, and, and I was like, I got to got to Ikea and I turned it on, and I've, I've caught three Pokemon in the parking deck between my car and the door, and I was like, okay, I, I'm just, I'm going to shut this off, and I'm not going to play while I'm in Ikea, and people in our, in our little... Final Fantasy group were talking about the game, and I was just like, "Yeah, I'm in the middle of IKEA. Let me let me see what's going on." So I like w- turned the game on, and like there was a like a ghastly or something like right in front of me, and there was a guy sitting in a computer chair, like testing out a computer chair, and I'm like pointing the phone at him, and I just like, "Yeah, this doesn't look creepy as shit. Like, let me let me like hold it down under this desk and just tilt it the where the direction it needs to be facing in. Like, this is this is bad." And then I turned the ARG part off for now. Yeah, I've I've turned off the AR completely. I just I don't I don't like it. It uh, you force you to look like a fucking tard when you're rolling around with it. Yeah. But uh, I did see something really funny today with of witnessing other people out in the wild playing it. And we were we were out at a Japanese restaurant tonight, and the behind my wife at the this other table, I see a guy hold his phone up, and there's a Zubat like right on his girlfriend's face, and he's like throwing pokeballs at it, like sitting at the <laughs> dinner table. And it made me laugh a lot. And yeah. in fact, our mutual friend Hannah just sent me a picture of a Pidgey right next to her dog. Nice. 
Oh, I have one. I can one-up that, if I may. Uh-oh. Yes, oh, yeah. you may. I have a picture of a Pidgey. Is that Pidgey or Spear? I think it's a Pidgey. Um, on our dog. Oh, we were walking the dog. That's a Pidgey. Yeah. Just and it's on your dog? Little Pidgey on a dog. Nice. And then, yeah, I put it on Instagram, but there was the rat, uh, Rattata, Rattata, however you say it, in the um, display case at the coffee yeah, shop. Yeah, I, I did see that one. Yeah, just hit, hanging out with the bagels. So. Yeah, just chilling. He's munching on bagels. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, anything else? Or do we just want to say to hell with it and just say we're playing Pokemon Go and that's our lives now? Uh, well, some of us have been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. I kind of lost interest. I'm sorry. I mean, I got I actually, to I got to Ninja, and I just like, yeah, this was fun. I had finally got hit 50, or well, really like 51, and I got my ultimate weapon, which takes about eight hours to do at least. And then I stopped playing for like two weeks, but I logged back in today and played for a few hours, and still haven't even like touched the the later in the like late game storyline. I've been mm, doing yeah. like a really funny quest that's very long but really entertaining and. The amount of stuff that opens up later in the game is kind of overwhelming, which is I'm kind sure. of why, I, which is kind of why I stopped because I was just like, I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> this is too much for me. I can't decide. Yeah, so. I think I'm level 22 now, something like that. 22, 23. I just got the other night, Wednesday night, I think. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sweet. Just grind, grinding away, trying to catch up. You'll catch yeah. up. Waiting, waiting for deep dungeon where I don't need to catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that out? No, it's still another week or two. Okay, I, I think. All right. Are they are they doing the same thing as Elder Scrolls Online and just saying the hell no. with it and so, unlock everything? So the way Deep Dungeon works, which is kind of interesting, is it's a dungeon that is entirely procedurally generated. So it's basically it is a roguelike dungeon that's being that's being added to the game, and it has save states. So when your party goes in, you have four people, and you don't have to have tank healer, DPS, DPS. It can be any combination of whatever. You can actually go in and it's solo, apparently, but it's going to be a lot harder. But So you go into these instances, and you have no gear, and you start at level one. Okay. And you start on the first level of this dungeon, and there's going to be 50 levels in the original game, in the original release of this thing. And it saves every 10 levels of the dungeon, but you save your progress in that, like whenever you save with the party, the party will save its progress and you will remain that level when you're with that party. But if you go and join it with another party, you again start at level one and you level with that party. But then you also have, uh, there's like a random group finder version of it where you can join solo and that will also save your status as I have completed 10 levels of this. I am a level 20 character and it will p- match you up with other people who have completed 10 levels of the dungeon and are approximately level 20. Neat. Yeah. But the, the kind of cool thing is, is all of your gear and stuff is specific for deep dungeon. And my understanding is some of it will translate out of the dungeon and you get a percentage of your experience translates out of the dungeon towards your level if you're not level capped. Huh. Um, but even if you don't have the expansion, you can actually get to level 60 in Deep Dungeon, but only in Deep Dungeon. Huh. Oh, but, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you max out That's at level 50 outside yeah. of the dungeon, but you, you inside the dungeon you can get to level 60, and apparently you should get to level 60 before you hit 
the 50th floor of the dungeon. But there's supposed to be 200 floors eventually on the dungeon. So people are like, if you're already going to be max level once you get to the 50th floor, what Why do would you, you bother continuing? Well, no, what is the crazy progression going to be like? Like, hmm. no one has any clue right now. So people are just waiting to see how it goes, which is one interesting. And two, they're debating on making this kind of a, a genre of add ons to the game. So there will be these randomly generated dungeons. Like multiple of them eventually, hmm. with different different challenges and stuff in them. So it's kind of interesting, but you have to be at least level seventeen to participate in them. Cool. But you know, someone who's level seventeen can pair up with all of their level sixty friends, and they'll all be level one on the first floor of the dungeon. Yeah. And they all progress together through it. So, you know, anyone can do it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I like that part of it. So I'm that looking forward cool. to that because you know it'll it sounds really interesting and no other MMO has done this kind of thing so and and it works totally different to what people are used to in the current MMO it's being added to so it's it's very be very to interesting to see how they pull it off closest approximation I can think of is Disgaea where you level up your weapons by going down to a 200 level dungeon that's randomly yeah. generated stuff like that but that's not even close to an MMO yeah It'll be interesting to see how it all works within its release in the next couple of weeks. So Nice. Yeah, the only thing I'm playing is uh, Wasteland 2. I've been sucked into that. It's quite entertaining. If you haven't played it, try it. It's great. And you are fully finished with uh, South Park now. I did finish South Park The Stick of Truth. I liked it a lot. and In fact, it's probably going to have me pick up the fractured butthole day one. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a great day. It's a great name. How can you it not is. It is. I don't know why I'm surprised by that. <laughs> Did you not see that? It was going to be the fractured butthole? No. Uh-uh. No. no. It's going to be the fractured butthole. And and it's a parody of the uh, Marvel Civil War movies. Oh, fantastic. It, hence okay. the fractured butthole. Okay. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. Because it's the fractured no. butthole. How many times do you say it? <laughs> You'd say it a lot. I mean, you say it through, pepper it throughout the cast, but... Um, yeah, Wasteland 2, I feel like it is the Fallout 3 if Van B- Project Van Buren hadn't been cancelled. Maybe. It has, it has some of the same staff on it, so it's it's probably pretty close to theoretically what it would be like. Brian Fargo, man. He, he's the one who wrote Fallout 1 and 2. Yeah, but we'll see. Anyway. Well, or we won't, because it'll never get made, but you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> Interplay doesn't exist. Yes. Okay, so on to the topic at hand. I guess <laughs> not Pokemon Go. All right. Oh, so, I gotta go. I gotta actually. I gotta go. I gotta go catch them all right now. Nice. <laughs> Seriously. Um. Seriously. Right. So our our goal with this is pretty simple. We want to. We're kind of starting a series of episodes that'll be kind of peppered throughout the next several months probably because there's several of them we want to do and we're probably throwing other episodes between them but we kind of want to go and take a like retrospective look back at each console generation and kind of talk about you know good games that exist for them and just kind of not really a history lesson but kind of a history of consoles which is you know know your know your history we just want to kind of bathe in nostalgia for a little while right just bear with us but some of it's good and some of it's horrible. And that's kind of the whole point, right? Some gaming is good, some of it's horrible. A lot of it's horrible, though. Like Colonial Marines. 
<laughs> and, and Duke Nukem Forever. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That wasn't nearly as bad as Colonial Marines, and I actually found myself enjoying it. Nice. I'm not sorry. I, I, think, <laughs> I think slightly less of you now, Paul. I don't care. <laughs> I'm surprised you thought much of me to begin with. The reason we have Bailey here with us is because Bailey's first console experience was with a Sega Genesis in a very odd fashion, which is kind of funny, is that, like, well, yeah. you tell us, when when did you purchase your Genesis? Um, I wish I could remember the actual year, and I feel like that would make it a better story, but it was definitely a little bit later. It was not, I mean, I think, I got it from my cousins. It was like a hand-me-down gift. I think they sold their console and controllers and pretty much all of the games that they had with it uh, to, to my parents to give to me as a gift. But I think they had moved on to like something, a definitely next generation, if not maybe like the generation after that. I don't know what they were on at that point. And so it was sort of a hand-me-down because I think my family was too cheap to buy me anything better. So it was sort of like dabbling into my first gaming experience, but almost being retro gaming at the same time because they didn't get me like a <laughs> current generation console. They didn't really know any better. They were like, nice. yeah, we'll buy this for 50 bucks. That's a deal. Why would we spend 200 on this other thing? <laughs> That's ridiculous. So, nice. yeah, um, it was literally like a shoebox, like a big shoebox or two filled with games. So I didn't even really pick the games. They were just kind of sort of they pre-selected. Just kind of there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Drew was asking me earlier. He was like, "Did you have any girly, girly video games? Like girl video games?" Yeah. Which I didn't. He's like, "Yeah, they like Barbie games." I was like, "I don't know. I mean, it was like from two male cousins, so it was mostly like yeah. fighting stuff." But that would have been telling, though, wouldn't it? They yeah. Had girly <laughs> games like that. Yeah. No, I don't. Nothing too girly. I didn't even know they really had girly yeah, I games. I I can't even think of girly games that were on the Genesis. Like. Not on the Genesis, yeah, maybe later on I think in some other consoles. I know, they, I know they had a Barbie game at, at one point because uh, my sister think, bought it. Yeah, I think that's what he was thinking about, but no, I did not I did not have that. So, uh, But yeah, that's how, I, that's how I got it, sort of gifted down probably several years or more after it was already like kind of obsolete. But it was still my first console until I it moved was, on. Yeah. It was called Barbie Supermodel. Oh, nice. nice. Well, you could play two players. Nice. That's that's lovely. Can you get an emulator for that? Yeah. <laughs> Do an episode on that. I'm gonna go ahead and hard pass on that one. No, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. All right. Nice. Unless you want me to rage quit, I'll do the what's well playing today on that and just rage quit the fucking thing and leave. Watch it be like a surprisingly well made game. <laughs> just nobody got it because it was Barbie. I mean, it was a company called Tahoe Software Productions that doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. So, oh yeah, so, old Tahoe. Yeah. Great company. And apparently there was a Ariel the Little Mermaid game. Yeah, actually, you know what? I do remember that. That makes yep. me sad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. I think that was, like, really bad. It was, like, really, really bad. It probably was most... Uh, oh, there were two Beauty and the Beast games. And life just yes, got a little there worse. Were. It was, yeah, no, my friend had that. I do remember that game. And one oh, of them man. looks like it could be an RPG. Wait a minute. <laughs> No, no, Sega didn't have RPGs. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It had like five. Ooh, it had <laughs> like five. Oh, never mind. It's an action platformer, and it's by I, I was... Sun, Sunsoft, who is notorious for really bad games. Really, I actually kind of oh, like Sunsoft, except for one, Blaster Master. Batman, the Batman game on NES, that the the good one was Sunsoft. Oh uh, so. yeah, Batman and Adam's Family. Oh yeah, but. Whatever. Not really why we're here, though. <laughs> okay. There were some gems 
and really great games for the system. So do we want to talk about... Well, let's talk about the best-selling games first. There, there are two games that are the, kind of there that are the best-selling games in the history of the Genesis console, and one of them is literally the Mario Brothers of the Genesis console because it, it sold 15 million units because it was packaged with consoles. Can you really count it then? They do. So it was Sonic the Hedgehog. And everyone who's unfair. ever played a Genesis has played Sonic the Hedgehog. I feel like it's unfair to count that, though, because it came with the console. If you bought the console, you get the game. So yeah. you didn't have a choice. <laughs> but but it's, the same thing, it's the same thing with the NES. Like, the best-selling NES game of all time is the original Super Mario Brothers because they sold, like, 45 million of them with the NES. I don't know. I, I feel like you can't count that because it's just it came bundled with the console. You didn't get a choice. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Oh, yeah. So and then the, the addition of that is... Uh, so the, the game that wasn't bundled with the console that sold the most titles is surprisingly Disney's Aladdin. I don't know if that's a surprise. Yes. Well, <laughs> it's, it's surprising that it's a game with a movie tie-in because notoriously with movie tie-ins are horrible. This is probably one of the only exceptions. It's a really good game. It is so good. It's a really, really good game for a movie tie-in. Yeah. yeah. Which is why it sold 4 million units. Because people probably were like, oh, god damn it, another game based on a movie. Uh, and then people played it. We're like, dude, no, you really need to play this game. And then, you know, people bought it. Would be my guess. Yeah, probably. It was really good. Like, I, w- I was astonished at how good it was, and I had it as a kid. And I played that game for hours. I never beat it. Not once. Yeah, I never beat it either. I, that's probably one of my, of the ones that I had, that's one of the most, definitely one of the most played. Mm. Nice. nice. And it holds up well, I feel like. If you it go does. And, like, play the emulator, it's still really fun. Yeah, you I could feel still like, sit yeah. there and play it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think sometime this past year I picked it back up uh, when you up all the emulator stuff on his computer, and I played it for a while, and I was like, this is still really fun. The music is awesome. <laughs> it makes me want to watch the movie yeah. and eat apples. If you have all the apples. And sing show tunes. Yeah. Was it apples? I thought it was daggers in the Genesis. But no, you hop and there's like the apples in the air and that's what you collect. And then you can, you throw, uh, no, they throw daggers at you and you throw apples at them. The huh. bad guys with the little turbans. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. I think so. Pretty sure. Paul, we'll start with you. What was your favorite game or series of games that were released on the Genesis? I had I had trouble deciding between one. I, I So I kind of was a dick about it and chose two. Shining Force and Toe Jam and Earl are my two absolute favorites of all time. Okay, Drew. Just putting multiple answers down for question. <laughs> oh, I did. I did that too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a throwback to the uh, Dark Souls episode where yeah. we made fun of Drew the whole time because he put like seven answers for each oh, question. <laughs> Instead of limiting it to really two. Because <laughs> there were so many. I only chose two. I know. I'm just. I'm just picking. On anyway, you. Shining Force, great strategy RPG. Toe Jam and Earl was just a fantastically fun little. It's hard to explain what the hell it is because you're sitting there just roaming around, roaming around quote unquote Earth, even though it's literally just islands and water, with yeah. the occasional pitfall. Just it is, ridiculous. It is a very weird game, and it is so weird. And the the sequel to it is even weirder. Yeah, if you if you're curious about what the original Toy Jam and Earl is, is about. I've got a playthrough up on What's Paul Playing Today. Go take a look. It's 
I, I really, I, it's hard. It's so hard to explain that I, I literally cannot explain it, what the hell it is. It's just it, so much fun, though. It is. It's not. I don't think it's procedurally generated. I think all of the boards are actually designed, but they could be random. I actually no, they're randomly generated. Like they are totally random. They are one hundred percent randomly generated. So literally, you you have crashed on planet Earth, and your rocket ship gets blown up into a bajillion pieces. And you have to navigate this crazy planet and not die and collect your pieces of your rocket ship and put it back together and go home to Funkatron. Nine pieces, not bajillion. Nine. Nine bajillion, same thing. <laughs> it was a yeah. long game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it could be. Oh, Sometimes sorry, sorry. you got if the the random number gods were on your side, it was it could actually you know you could beat the it, game in a couple of hours. I, I actually beat it in like ninety minutes for the playthrough, yeah. because. That's what it was. It literally, yeah. I just got lucky, and RNG gods, RNG Jesus was on my side. Yeah, and there's there are just crazy, crazy monsters to fight in the game, and there are you get presents and all of these weird items, and it's yep. it is just a weird, kooky game, and it's it's actually it really cool because it had like a lot of personality, and there were two games on the Genesis, and then now what's very very interesting is there is going to be a third game that is going to be, it's a modern game. It's actually being made right now, was funded via Kickstarter, and is actually coming along really, really great because I, I pitched in on that one, and some of the updates that he throws out are absolutely hilarious because it's the original creator doing this new game, and it's all 3D, and so you get just these animated GIFs of like all of the monsters like doing their, their crazy running animations and all kinds of stuff, and it's hilarious. I don't know. I don't think you understand how much joy you've brought me today. <laughs> Did you not know about Toe Jam Rules? I had no idea. Yay. I'm so happy right now. I, sh- I, sh- I will have to send you some of the, like forward you some of the stuff because it is, it is really, really funny. Like you just saw me wipe a tear away. I'm <laughs> so happy. <laughs> well, while Dan looks that up, Bailey, what about you? What are your favorites? So my list actually has like 16 of them. Apparently. So Drew and I are together for a reason because we just make that really long lists and we're very indecisive people. We love right. everything. All right. Uh, okay. Well, we already talked about Sonic and Aladdin, and so those are just popular. So um, I'm gonna okay. So I'm gonna say two, but I'm not gonna talk about one of them because one of them is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was one of my favorites and probably one of my most played. But I'm actually doing an episode uh, just to plug them really quick with Tadpogs doing their little countdown for the top 25 Sega Genesis games. Digital Trends list, yep. Digital Trends, yes, thank you. And uh, I think Moonwalker is like number five on it or number six. Like it's actually really high on the list, which is amazing. Um, And I played the shit out of that game. But... I'll save my most of my comments for that. I'll try to. So I'm going to vote for Comics Zone. Yes. That's on <laughs> Outstanding games as well. Uh, it was a tough choice. But yeah, I'm going to go with Comics Zone, which was, I guess, sort of side-scrolling. Side-scrolling action game. Yeah, fighting beat-em-up action game. And uh, it took place in the on the pages of a comic book. So you're going through the cells. And the guy's name was... um. Sketch Turner. Yep. I think it's just like it's the most. The soundtrack is incredible. He's a a starving artist and a freelance rock musician. Freelance rock musician in the nineties. And is it? He's like, is it? Is it New York City? But then when he goes into the like sort of alternate universe of his comic book, so he's like writing a comic book, and then like lightning strikes, and he gets like sent into the comic book, and he's actually 
like fighting the mutants that he has created mm. in the cells of his comic book. And it's just the most like kitschy '90s, just like alternative. It's just amazing. I think it's incredible. It's still a great game. I it's still it. incredible. I've never beaten that one either. the The fun part is that you can actually how you interact with the, the panels themselves. You mm-hmm. you can kick opponents through the pan through the sides of panels. You'll you'll drop down in between panels. It's it's a very interesting and fun game. If you haven't played it, uh, give it a shot. It's really fun. Yeah, I yeah, or just yeah, we were going back and watching the gameplay videos on YouTube today. Just, and we yeah, and we have the, we have it on the computer as well. But I went back to watch it because yeah, I had I never beat it. I mean, I never beat any of the games I owned because I was way too young and didn't really know anything about video games at the time. So I just got as far as I could and just did the same levels I think over and over again. So I went back watched oh, yeah. the boss fight today. But it's a great ending. Good ending. I haven't I haven't seen the ending. I've got to go watch that. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was like I wanted to know after all these years if Sketch Turner really made it and defeated the evil that he created in his comic book. <laughs> but yeah. So that's that's mine. Cool. All right, Dan. What about you? For me, the choice is very, very simple because it's Road Rash. Totally. And Road Rash Two and Road Rash Three. Like that whole <laughs> is amazing. It really is. And if you are not familiar with the Road Rash games, they have they're they're kind of their own little genre of games. There have been a couple of others that have dabbled in it. Uh, most notably, the SSX series. I I feel like dabbles in it because it's basically. It is a motorcycle racing game, and SSX deals in it because it's a snowboard racing game, but there is combat during the racing, so you can punch the other riders, you can, there's actually weapons in uh, Road Rash, so there's like, eventually there's, there's like bats and chains, I think, in the first game, and then, and then police billy clubs, and then in later games there's like a cattle prod and stuff like that, and, and and there's actually a, uh, spiritual successor to Road Rash. Like, the Road Rash team is making a game called Road Redemption right now, and uh, it actually has katanas, I think, and guns, so it's it's really crazy. Yeah. Uh, and it's really yes. hard It's really hard to aim the guns uh, and drive sure. at the same time because you have to, like, not control your motorcycle to shoot people and uh, to aim the gun to shoot people. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a little scary when you're, you know, riding it like 120 miles an hour and trying to shoot someone at the same time and avoid traffic. Yeah, that seems like a rescue for <laughs> disaster. There were also uh, crowbars in the yeah. original three, which were uh, my favorite weapons because they made yeah. these satisfying clunk. Yeah. <laughs> but it always gave you this really crazy thing uh, of like a choice between whether or not to like duke it out with someone or to just try and outrace them. Because... Yep. Depending on your bike, you could always you could definitely outrace people if you had a good enough bike. But yeah, it was just it was a very interesting racing game and a very interesting kind of fighting game mechanic while you're racing. Spray paint too, or is that is that just my imagination? It might have been in later games, yeah. like it might have been in Road Rush Three. But it was it was just a a solid, just very well put together racing game, and just hilarious combat mechanics. Good good games. It's a good choice. Yeah, they were. They were very, very fun. Absolutely. And I love those games through like the entire... I don't think the only one I didn't play was Road Rash 64. In fact, you can actually pick them up now, and they, they hold up really well. So you can just pick them up, go play, and just have fun racing and beating the crap out of people with crowbars and shit. Seriously, I can't, I can't stress enough that the crowbar makes a great, satisfying noise. <laughs> there, there's some good stuff. It's been in a couple of the 
like there's a PSP game that's like a Sega Genesis collection that has all three Road Rash games in it that I bought just because it has all three Road Rash games in it. Yeah. And I was like, sold. I, I think that's the best use of a PSP ever. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's the only thing missing out of the digital trends list is the Road Rash games. There's not one on the list. I'm kind of mad about it. But there are some other good games that I, we know Bailey's got a list, and, and Paul apparently made a list too. So That doesn't mean the games are good. It's just the games that I've played. <laughs> uh, well, but some of them, No, most of them are pretty good. There's a couple of funny ones. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the, the games that you played that have stuck with you? Uh, me? Am I going yeah. first? Yeah, go yes. for it. Guests always go first. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so sweet. Well, I mean, God, we've already talked about it. Those are the ones that have stuck with me the most, or I think the ones that we've talked about. But, I mean, I played, I really played the hell out of the Sonic games, but not just the first Sonic game, but, like, all I had all of them. And I stacked them all up, and I had the game Genie, and then the games, and then the Sonic and Knuckles, and you put it inside of the other <laughs> Sonic, and it was like a tower, and I had all of that. Oh, uh, man. That, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's what sticks with me is, like, I mean, you see the funny pictures on yep. the internet, like, but I, that was me. I had the, the stack. But you made I the Tower of Terror. Yeah, but I had the stack when everybody else was, like, putting CDs into, like, their PlayStations, and I was like, well, I got the stack, <laughs> and I got my game booklet, and I'm going to find the codes. That's like, that's, awesome. how I, that's how I played and got as far as I did, I think, in Moonwalker is because I had my Game Genie, and I always was, like, typing in all the cheats and stuff so I wouldn't die. I think yeah, I still have my... Genesis Game Genie somewhere. I yeah, my I have my, I don't have mine anymore. I don't have any of my stuff. I lost it in a in a breakup. So no, it's depressing. That's, it's okay. That's, no, it's good. It's fine. It's okay. I don't need it. That's the worst way to lose a console, though. It's okay. It I, yeah, it's okay. It's alright. I'm not upset about it. No, actually, it's funny. I was they're trying to remember the name of it because it's such a stupid game. This is not a great game. It's not going to be on any top anything list. But I played it all the time. And it was okay. a puzzle game, and we had to look for it today because I couldn't remember what it was called. But it was like kind of one of the like Poyu Poyu games or whatever, the little gems. But it was called oh, Col- oh. It was called Columns. Yeah, I loved Columns. I played the shit out of Columns, and that's so what I mean. There was, there was no story that I mean. It was literally no. just. It was it was just basically a, a Genesis version of Tetris, yeah, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, it was kind of a competitor for Tetris, yeah. Yeah, and I played that really a lot. I probably, I mean, yeah, because that was one of the only ones I didn't really have to, like, figure out. It's pretty, good, you know, straightforward. The other thing that stands out to me now, in hindsight, as you were talking earlier about there not being RPGs on the Sega Genesis, sort of joking, but I actually had one, and I had no, and I would try playing it all the time, but I had never played an RPG before. I had no idea what I was doing, so I would just wander around just clueless. I mean, if you don't know how an RPG works... Wait, can, I, just, can I guess real quick? Yeah. Was it sort of a million? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucking but hate now, that game. But yeah, and so, but there's like a really weird sort of division between people that are like, that's one of the greatest RPGs ever made. It's a classic. And then people that are like, fuck that game. It was an so. attempt to make a Legend of Zelda on Genesis, and it failed right. miserably. Right. It does have, a, like, yeah, looking back, it does have kind of a Zelda feel to it. Just the, the general, like, visuals and, like, mechanics when you're walking through the wilderness. But I didn't know what I was doing, so I really didn't get far in that game. But. I would like to go back now as an adult and somebody that plays video games pretty regularly and has played many RPGs now and try and play it. But as a kid, I didn't know. Nobody explained to me how that game was supposed to work, so I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Yeah, it was... They, they made an attempt. You know, yeah. the Comic Sans Gold Star they can have, but there was an attempt and it was a failure. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, anyway. 
What else you got? Uh, I also had a game called Revenge of Shinobi. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have the first good. Shinobi, but I had the Revenge of Shinobi, so I never played the original. <laughs> well, the, so I don't know what I was missing. The original Shinobi was an arcade game and was for the original uh, Sega Master System. So yep. it was the prior generation. It's the 8-bit generation of Sega that had Shinobi. Oh, I thought it was also on the... Gen- okay, I was... Yep. Okay. I didn't know that. Nope. Revenge of Shinobi and Shinobi 3 came on the Genesis, and then okay. uh, that was it. Because I actually owned Shinobi for the Sega Master System. Nice. we got to do a Sega Master System one. <laughs> I haven't played any of Sega Master System. There were very hard-to-find games for. Yeah, I imagine so. It yeah. did not do well in the States. Well, I literally bought one because all of my friends had Nintendos, and I was just like, I want to be different. I want to have one of these. These are kind of cool. They have yeah. two different cartridges. That's fucking weird. It is weird. It is weird. It had cartridges and it had these little like credit card sized cards that you would stick in yeah. and they yeah. had games on them. Kind of like uh, the Turbo Graphics. Almost. But who knows? Like they were just true. Alright. Golden Axe. I'm throwing it out there. Like, the Golden Axe like, series was great. Yeah, all three of them were for very good beat 'em up games. So good. And uh, um go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say you you also wrote down, uh, like, you had the Shining Force was one of the ones you talked about, and there were multiple yep. Shining Force sequels, but yeah. there were also the Fantasy Star RPGs, which were all really good, except they were ridiculously hard. Like That's not... one of the reasons why I didn't put them in. <laughs> because I, I did like them, but at the same time, they were just almost punishingly difficult. Yeah, they were they were very unforgiving like like worse than dark souls unforgiving like they just oh, wow. like oh you don't you don't know how to rpg okay you die <laughs> yeah you, you know nintendo hard this these were sega hard games yeah they were they were ridiculously hard and mm-hmm. it made them really good in my opinion but <laughs> but that's because i like a good challenge and nintendo had a tendency to dumb down their rpgs for american audiences cuz they didn't think they could handle them which was kind of funny it I, that that still upsets me that they thought so little of us, but eh, yeah. what are you gonna do? But yeah, there was Shining Force. Shining Force Two was 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 good, but not as good as Shining Force in my opinion. I know people would disagree with me on that, but I but I love Shining Force. Uh, Shining in the Darkness was the third game in the in the trilogy, but not at all like Shining Force or Shining Force Two. That was more of a dungeon crawler. Mm-hmm. Still good, but not as good as Shining Force. Kid Chameleon, anyone? No, maybe. I wasn't a fan, but I've no, I know friends that really liked it. I like Chameleon. What was what was your gripe with it? It was just kind of a boring platformer. That's fair. That's I fair. was not a huge platformer fan, so yeah. If you're not a platformer fan, you're not gonna enjoy Chameleon because yeah. they use that gimmick a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I had friends who you know regularly would just sit down and beat it in a sitting because they enjoyed playing it yeah. and it was like oh okay it's a really good game if you enjoy platformers yeah that's the caveat and you said you never played it Bailey I never played that one though I think you'd enjoy it really I do I'll try it I out think you'd enjoy it give it a shot I'll try it out I'm sure we have it on the computer yeah, yeah. I gotta go check that out the good stuff. one thing that you don't have listed that I actually really really liked about oh, the shoot. Genesis is like they had a handful of really good, really bizarre sports games. Oh, I was just uh, going to mention that. That was the one thing I didn't bring up, and I was like, I forgot to mention the sports games because I didn't write it down. I didn't write it down. Like football, anyone? Yeah, the two big ones people are familiar with probably are the Mutant League games. 
There was Mutant yep. League Football and Mutant, Mutant League, League Hockey. hockey. Mm-hmm. And what made them cool is that they were literally built on top of the uh, Madden engine and the NHL engine from EA Sports. Like, they licensed those engines and used them for the, these weird Mutant League games. But what was cool is that you could, like, you know, basically you had these weird teams of monsters and you could give them all drugs and you could do all this crazy shady stuff and you could pay off the ref to call penalties on the other team yep. and you could kill other enemy players and you could kill referees and just all kinds of ridiculous stuff went down. And eventually, like, if you, you and your friends were complete assholes to each other, you would have games where there'd be, like, three players on one team versus like two players on another team. <laughs> this is what Blood Bowl wanted to be and failed at every level on. Yeah. Because it relied on the RNG. Yes. But uh, then there's a couple other really funny ones. Uh, I can't find the baseball one. I was trying to find it, but there was one that was called uh, Cyberball, which was really, really weird because it was a football game, but it was robots instead of like actual players. And like you could do some really, really cool stuff in that game, and it was just kind of they had a, a similar robot baseball game on, uh, I believe it was uh, regular Nintendo, where you could uh, upgrade your robots to have better pitching arms, like a rocket, like yep. a, a cannon arm for a baseball pitching. I assume it's very similar. Yeah, basically. But yeah, there was a that baseball game also existed for Genesis. I just can't think of the name of it. Nice. And actually something I'm surprised, if you have Gold Knights on there, I'm surprised you don't have Streets of Rage. Oh, I mean, that was, that's a given. That's just yeah. a given. Like you, you, you can't go. I was. I figured we were gonna talk about it, so I didn't even bother yeah. putting it on the list because they are the. Age. Yeah, they are like the final fight of the Genesis, where yeah. the final fight did not get ported to the Genesis ever. But yep. So fun fact about uh, Streets of Rage. You know how you have Streets of Rage one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. They tried to make a Streets of Rage four, and if you've played the PlayStation game Fighting Force, you can see how it was supposed to be a Streets of Rage game. Mm-hmm. That was something that that came out. It's Fighting Force on PlayStation. It it very much looked like pretty much everything about it was Streets of Rage, with the exception of you know it actually being a coherent fighting game. I believe the hell out of it when I was a kid, but it just it didn't feel right. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. All right. <laughs> what about the games that you really wanted to be good, but for some reason or another just kind of weren't? I will go first here because mine is going to be. Totally unexpected by anyone who knows me. Yeah. And my disappointing game was Shadowrun. That is interesting. And mostly because like I had played the shit out of the SNES one, and I was hoping for the exact same kind of experience. And I heard that the game was slightly different because Just it was it was different. it was it was a totally different game because it was based it was made by another studio. But I figured it would have the same mechanics, and it yeah, like, totally did not. Oh. Like it did not, the the controls weren't the same. Like they they were they were literally two different games by two different studios, and that was just kind of like oh. oh. I mean the story is kind of cool, but like it just wasn't as good of a game in my opinion. Do you think if you had played this first, that it would have been better, or is it just because you're just coming off of the Super Nintendo one and you're just really disappointed by the fact that it wasn't the same thing? I do think if if I had played this one before the Super NES one, I probably would have enjoyed it more because it wouldn't have been as glaring that it wasn't as good of a game. Like the Matrix stuff was better in this one than it was in the Super NES one, which is like it's real shining. It's like they did a better job with the Matrix, but that was like the only like little plus sign. That's fair. That's fair. The only reason I say that is because it's on that the 
the same list we're going to reference, the Digital Trends list, it's actually on that list as one of the best games for Sega Genesis. Yeah. And it's, it like I said, it's a good game. It has a really good story, but it just, in in the face of the, the sheer enjoyment of the uh, SNES one for a really long time before I played this one, it did not did not hold my attention as well and was kind of disappointing to me, but that's that's, that's the way life works. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Bailey? You got anything that was really just kind of ho- you were really really hoping for something cool and you just just wasn't? Um, I guess it's still different for me because I never really picked the games. I just sort of was handed them <laughs> without sure, choice. Sure. Well, it kind of goes back to the sports thing. Because I actually played it all the time, and I liked it, but I don't think it was very good, and I think the mechanics were really shoddy. But uh, it was NHL 96, the hockey game. Hockey games at that time were really kind of kludgy. Like, it, they, yeah. that's, when they were, that's when they were just starting to transition to the vertical play style, I think. Like, it was yep. it was a vertical yep. rink, right, instead of mm-hmm. horizontal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah that's, that was the... the engine I think that uh, Mutant League used was they, they that one from NHL 96 and they kind of improved it a little bit but yeah it's it, it was an awkward couple of years as they were transitioning to the uh, the vertical yeah, yeah like, so, away from the Blades of Steel style horizontal awesomeness yeah so that was I mean because again and I did play it a lot and I like and in a weird way liked it but I was like this isn't working really and you know I didn't really understand why but again kind of like you're you're saying knowing more about video games now it's like okay they just hadn't really figured it out yet but that's like the only also the only sports game I think I've ever owned and on any console was NHL 96 I have like so many friends that are obsessed with like FIFA and I'm just like ah I think NHL 96 is like I don't know sports for you yeah, I ruined sports games for me, and I loved it, but I just was like, it doesn't really work. I'm just kind of swinging my stick around. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I was going to let it slide, but she had to talk about it. That That's what she said? I did. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of like the uh, the when you saw the N64 and PlayStation era of games, where it was kind of the dark ages of, of 3D, it, kind of like the dark ages of sports gaming at that point, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's right. yeah, that's mine. Sort of Vermillion was mine, I, and I just I yeah. hated the fact that it tried to be Zelda and failed so miserably. Instead of trying to you know make an actual game, they just tried to copy paste Zelda and add a few features. That's what but, it felt like to me. So why is it one of the most? Because I mean, I feel like it's really highly regarded. Though I don't I mean, know. It's it's a very polarizing game. I just don't. I honestly have no fucking clue why people enjoy it. I don't get it. It's on the list too. It's on Digital Trends list. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, I don't because like nine-year-old me was probably just like, I don't know why I'm walking through these woods right now. <laughs> uh, so I just I couldn't tell you. Something kind of funny for the Genesis that I feel compelled to mention now because it's kind of hilarious. Uh, the infamous Zero Wing was actually a Genesis release as well as an arcade release. I'm afraid you've lost me on that one. It, Zeroing is the mother of many, many video game memes. The most famous being oh, all, all your base. All your base are belong to us. Okay, uh, now you got me. Now, now I'm good. I'm now back. I'm caught up. Back. We're back. <laughs> and, uh, yes, it is the kind of the king of the really, really crappy translated games. <laughs> but, yeah, people remember that. I hope. Yeah. If not, just look up all your base, and you'll you'll understand. All right. 
So, I, I and I I mentioned earlier that I jokingly mentioned that there were only like five RPGs. RPGs seemed like it was completely a Super Nintendo base. It's just everything RPG you wanted to go with the Super Nintendo, yeah. and they just it felt like a very hollow experience if you wanted to play an RPG on Genesis. Well, I, and the thing is, is I think they thought that. Uh... Like Americans were more into action games, so like a lot of the action games got got ported over. So you had like Splatterhouse and all that all that stuff got ported over to the U.S. So good game though. Yeah, and so I, can't, uh, I can't blame it for that. Yeah, and like Double Dragon and like all there's tons yes. of, of beat 'em up fighter games for the Genesis, but there are not a lot of True. RPGs. And I think it's because, much like with the Nintendo, there were a few RPGs, but not a lot of RPGs. Until like yeah. later on, where people like they went, oh, well, damn, Final Final Fantasy two sold really well. Uh, yeah. Let's bring another one over, and Final Fantasy two being actually Final Fantasy yes. four. So and then six came over, there. and I was so happy because that is probably my absolute favorite Super Nintendo game and my favorite Final Fantasy period. Yeah, so I mean, there there are a handful of RPGs running around. Uh, they're just very, very few and far between. Because in the Genesis, I'm, I'm trying to find a number here on on uh, just how many there were on the system. Like how many how many games there were, but I'm not seeing one right now. Yeah, Drew and I had that almost like exact same conversation before we started, because I was looking at my list and I was just kind of like, these are all kind of side-scrolly, beat-em-up games. Like, every single one of them, just about, yeah. except for Sonic and Columns. Pretty much. <laughs> you know, Pretty and much. so it was just like, uh, that's all of the games. That's, like, what they did. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 like, even look at Sonic. Like, it is not really a side-scrolling beat-em-up, but it's kind of a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Well, yeah, that's yeah, like even Sonic and Aladdin. Like, they all kind of have the same... Weird they side-scroll, you kill enemies. That's pretty much it. yeah. Or throw something at him, <laughs> jump over yeah, so him. Yeah, cool. you kill him. Yeah. That's it. That was the entire okay. thing. There were a total of 897 games released for the Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. Oh wow. That's that's a significant amount. I think that's a good amount. Yeah. But, but very very few of them were RPGs. <laughs> yeah, I, and I jokingly said there was like five. I'm not honestly sure how many there were. I and I would not be surprised if that was the actual number. And so. <laughs> Some, two. <laughs> some of the RPGs were action oriented because, like, what a game that my friends played the ever-loving shit out of whenever they possibly could was a game called Arcus Odyssey, and it would technically be an RPG because it had like leveling up and kind of progression and stuff, a lot like uh, Gauntlet, kind of that kind All of right. a All kind right. of a thing where you just run around and like just beat shit up, but you know you actually have a progression system. Uh, right. So they they did have some more action action RPG stuff, because they had, like, Gauntlet 4 came out on the system, too, so... like I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that either. Huh. That was That's one good. of those people probably didn't play it very much, or just kind of ignored it. Uh, there probably. was a, a Battletech game came out on it. Was that... It, could you consider that an RPG? It seems more like a uh, RTS, really. It was It was a... It was a port of MechWarrior 3050 for the Genesis. Hmm. No kidding. It was an isometric... Mech battle game, basically. All right. So we've talked about all the outstanding games, games that fell flat, our favorites. What about the like the gimmicks themselves? Like, what what did Genesis? Well, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. What did it do that Nintendo didn't? 
So Sega had this really weird thing. Like, I mean, there was basically kind of towards the end of the Super Nintendo and Genesis era, there was a huge stalling out of like progressing. What do we do to now? The, well, progressing to the next generation of consoles, and no one wanted to pull the trigger first, or like they wanted to to kind of prolong the life of their consoles. So right. Nintendo tried to do this and like had a massive, massive falling out with Sony. Uh, and resulted which in was on the uh, PlayStation. Yeah, it was which is what gave birth to the PlayStation, where they tried to make a CD peripheral for the Super NES, and, and Sony also got, resulted in this Philips CDI. Yes, but they they got they all got pissed off at each other and basically all went their separate ways. And yep. Sega actually succeeded in creating their own CD add-on to the Genesis, which was called Sega CD. And it, it's an entirely an attempt to prolong the life cycle of the Genesis. And it was, I mean, you would pay, I think, I don't know if it was $200 at the time, but it was pretty damn expensive. And, like, you literally just plug it into... Like, goes, yeah. yeah it, there's, uh, did it go beside it or did it go under it? That's what I don't... I like, thought it was... Beside it. it literally went beside it. it. Yeah. Yeah, because you placed it on top of a platform and then plugged it into the side. So the Sega CD was just this this kind of... Uh, there was the CD portion, and then underneath it, there was a platform for the Sega Genesis to rest on, because I owned one, and it was awesome. Uh, it, <laughs> it retailed for... It looked like it retailed for $300. Uh, it was wow. the introductory price. And it was worth every penny, as far as I'm concerned, because it, it came with the best game of all time for the Sega Genesis slash Sega CD, and that was Sonic CD. Had the best oh, music, had the best levels. It was so good. I thought you were going to say Sewer Shark, and I was going to laugh at you a lot. <laughs> no, Sewer, Shark, Sewer Shark was entertaining, but it wasn't great. It wasn't even it wasn't even good. But Sonic CD was just glory yeah. on a CD. I still have Sonic Groove stuck in my head sometimes, and that's the the theme song to the to Sega to Sonic CD. And if you haven't played it, go look it up. It was a beautiful game and so much fun to play. Because yeah. it was so fluid, it just worked. It was just a perfect Sonic game. Yeah. They have yet to make a better Sonic game. Yeah, one one of the really cool things that they did, all, another kind of gimmicky system thing that was actually really cool in my opinion, uh, and I wish kind of more consoles back in the day did this. They had a, they had something called a power base converter, and it, you plug it in the cartridge port, and you could plug Master System games into the Genesis and play them. So it gave it backwards compatibility with their previous console. Nice. Oh, wow. And, like, imagine if the Super Nintendo did that. Like, you just you had something you could pop in the top of your Super NES and pop an NES game on it. I think they might have eventually done that, like a third party did it. But, like, imagine if Nintendo did that, like, just right off the bat. Well, you did that with a Super Game Boy. Right. Cause, but that's, cause that's, that's, yeah, granted, yes, it is portable Game Boy games, but still, it's, it's very similar. <laughs> well, they did that with the uh, Genesis Nomad also. Yep. I had a Nomad. Oh wow! Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, you basically had to keep it plugged in because the battery pack was bullshit and it bled through any sort of uh, AA batteries that you put in. Yeah. They did some. They did some fun stuff. They did some crazy uh, stuff, like the 32x. Yes, the 32x is also a, another plug it into the top of the system thing. And, the mushroom, uh, as I called it. Yes. So the idea was that Sega wanted to get into the 32-bit. Uh, market as cheaply and quickly as possible. So instead of making another complete console, they just made this add-on to their console, which was kind of cool, but I also don't think it had very many games. 
Um, I think sure. the grand total of games, I believe, was there's a decent number. Not not even close to the amount. Just I I could literally count them, but it had some pretty good ones. Like it had it had a port of Doom that was pretty good. I, I remember playing it way back in the day. It had a Mortal Kombat 2 port, NBA Jam Tournament Edition port. It, it, they tried to make a 32-bit console, not console, but a 32-bit add-on, yeah. and it really just flopped. To be honest with you. Yeah, there, there's definitely less than 50 games for the 32. There absolutely is. Like it, it retailed originally for. Uh, 100 bucks, and then once they, after only like a few months, they decided to just say fuck it and here, just pay us $20. So, so one of the games that exists for the 32X is called Slam City with Scotty Pippen. Yep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I believe that was a crossover game that you required both the Sega CD and the 32X for. Yep, that is a Sega CD and it required the 32X game. It was slams. Oh God! Because this, so Sega had this ridiculous thing to enhance the Sega CD by requiring the 32x for some of the Sega CD games in order to give it more memory. And Slam City with Scotty Pippen was one of those games that was a a video, like you know, it, uh, a full motion video game. So like Super Shark, this was a full motion video game that you were basically trying to shoot with Scotty Pippen jumping all up in your face and slapping the ball down on you. It was it was kind of hilarious. If you're not familiar with Scotty Pippen, he was on the same team as uh, Michael Jordan during that really he legendary was, Bulls run. He was Michael Jordan's Robin. Pretty much, yeah. If if Jordan is Batman. Yeah, and he was. Pippen is the boy one. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it yeah. was, it wasn't a bad game, it just wasn't a good game. And it cost a shitload of money to play if you had to both have both a $300 Sega CD and a 32X. $32X, yeah. The, so and, $400 just and to your, plus and the game. $200 Genesis and yeah, like plus cost of the game. Yeah, let's, Like that's that's bordering on uh, Neo Geo levels of money shelling out there. Yeah. <laughs> Which so, was a grand on its in its in and of itself, I believe. Yeah, it was the Neo Geo when I was a kid was like either 5 or $600 for the console. Yeah. And then games were 100 to 150 a piece. Yeah. Wow. Because well, they were literally the arcade game. That's what mm-hmm. that's what made the Geo Neo Geo awesome. Is like you were playing. It wasn't a port of the arcade game. It was literally the arcade game. Like you were playing the basically the exact ROMs that were in the arcade, and so yep. it made it pretty fantastic. So um, the uh, the to quickly jump back to the Sega CD slash 32X, they required, six of the games required that. Surgical Strike, Supreme Warriors, Slam City, Night Trap, Fahrenheit, and Corpse Killer all required the 32X and required Sega CD in order the, to play them. The one thing the 32X did bring us that's kind of, like, really cool uh, is the original Virtua Fighter game came out on 32X. So did it really? Oh, that, I didn't know that. That will, that will tell you the... Like actually, how potent the 32x was is that it it powered an actual 3D fighting game. I'm like, huh? That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's and the Virtual Fighter games were really good. I thought, but I, I I liked them. I mean, the original Virtual Fighter was just silly, but in a good in the best way. Yeah, but it was very revolutionary at the time because no one was making. 3 yeah, fighting games like they didn't exist like like Tekken was a decade off 
honestly. I'm, I'm ex- I might be exaggerating a little bit, because, but it was a pretty far ways off. Yeah. It was at least a few years off. Yeah, 93 was when uh, the arcade version of a Virtua, Fighter came, a out, Virtua yeah. Fighter came out. And Tekken was... I'm not sure. 94. Okay. So it was about a year, oh. year before Tekken showed up. That was... Uh, no, granted, those were arcade releases. Like the original um, PlayStation release? No, they were in 94, weren't they? Huh. Yeah. All right, then. That's nope. what the 32X existed to do, is to, to compete with the PlayStation, except it couldn't because it didn't use CDs, it used cartridges. Yeah, well. I will say one thing that Sega did right that was way ahead of its time was the Sega Channel. Yeah, this yeah. is a very weird thing. Uh, and it was a basically an exclusive deal between a console and a cable company. There were mm-hmm. two cable companies. One of them was like TCI, and I have never heard of them in my life. Yeah. Uh, but the other one was Time Warner Cable. And apparently the deal was if you paid for the Sega Channel, you could download a game a month from the Sega Channel, and there were 50 titles that were available in the library for, for download. And then you could also play demos for upcoming games. Now, I will say the caveat to this is that that statement is you could pay extra in order to unlock all 50 games. And uh, my buddy, actually my buddy Roger's grandma had this, where she, because he, he and his, his little brother Dallas always stayed at his, his grandma's house when they came home from school. Mm-hmm. So we'd go over to his grandma's house, we'd play Sega Channel and just start paging through the games and play all the games because she she was not a poor person, to put it lightly. Yeah. And we just, it was great. we just go there, have some fucking amazing milk and cookies and just play freaking hours and hours of Sega Channel just because it was fun. And it was it was ahead of its time because it was literally a streaming game service in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 90, the, 94 is when it, 94, when it yeah. And then it closed it, 97. Yeah, it, or, and... Yeah, around 97-ish. And until probably about, what, four or five years ago was when we finally had a streaming service for games and, I mean, kind of in Steam uh, where you could just download games. Yeah, so Sega Channel at its peak, it actually lasted longer than the than people thought. Like, uh, So it had 250,000 subscribers and ran until July 31st of 98. Yeah. So it, it, was, actually, it was around for a while, which is actually after the release of the Sega Saturn, which is kind of funny. Well, the Sega Saturn was an utter flop, unfortunately. Yeah, it had like three good games. Wow, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so then another another interesting thing that debuted on Sega, but eventually bled over into Nintendo with the Super NES, was a service called X-Band. And X-Band was a, again, talking about cartridge towers. Uh, it was a yeah. cartridge, part of the cartridge tower where you would plug it in and it allowed you to play online against other players instead of them having to be local. And originally it was only offered in five cities, uh, which I'm assuming is probably like, you know, New York, LA, San Francisco, who knows, Chicago probably, and, you know, whatever major cities were back then. Uh, Right. And then eventually X-Band, like, had a big deal. They released, 94 it released on the Genesis, 95 it released on the Super NES, and then they uh, actually teamed up with Blockbuster Video to market and expand <laughs> the service, which is kind of hilarious in hindsight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
But yeah, so people played it for it was it was basically around for three years and died off in '97. But yeah, it was it was a way to play Genesis games and eventually Super NES games online with other people, so you didn't have to have someone sitting with you. You just had to you know pay a phone bill. Again, way ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like the Sega always was. I always made that argument. Like everybody's yeah. like huge Nintendo fans. I'm like, yeah, but Sega they were doing all these things that nobody else was doing, and they're like, yeah, I mean, but nobody. Because the I mean, the first console I had that I really played much stuff online at all was a Dreamcast. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. like Fantasy Star Online was the shit. It it was. I actually remember playing Fantasy Star Online for oh gosh, what was that? When did they what did they bring it out for? They brought it out for PS2, I thought. Didn't yeah, they? Was, there was a a PS2, Xbox, and GameCube that had. Uh, Fantasy Star Online and Fantasy Star Online. Uh, there was like an expansion for it. Nice, nice. Uh, and it, they were both packaged on the same disc. But it came out for all three systems, I think. That's awesome. We got one more thing in our notes that you put down and I was kind of baffled by. They are still producing the Sega Genesis. Now, no. You can you can still buy a oh brand God. new Sega Genesis. I want one. I want one. Now, now, when you say that, do you mean the Retron systems? Or an actual Sega Genesis? No, like there is still... There's still Mega Drives being made? There, Real Mega there Drives? Are, there are still companies making official consoles. Like it's not it's not a knockoff thing. Like it, it still exists. Uh, and amusingly, I know this in part because when I was deployed in Afghanistan, there were shrink-wrapped Sega Genesis in the bazaar on our post. That's awesome. Oh my god! <laughs> you can buy That's a fantastic. brand new Genesis shrink wrapped in the box in Afghanistan, and it made me laugh so hard every time I saw one. That's great, because I do see. I'm looking on on Amazon right now. There's a Sega Mega Drive that's being made by At Games that has 80 built-in games into it. Yeah, they apparently a. Uh, they've a done support. some of that, but uh, but there are actual literal Sega Genesis. Yeah, because I've seen those. Yeah, what did you call it? Like the Retron? Yeah, the Retron. There's like Retron 3s, Retron 2s that have, uh, like I'm looking right now, there's a Hypercade Retron 3 that has, basically it's just regular Nintendo, SNES, and uh, Mega Drive games, Genesis games in the U.S. It just kind of comes with all of them loaded on it, right? Or does it read the... No, 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 no. You actually, you can put cartridges into it. Oh, right. Yeah, because, well, and we should probably get one of those. I think maybe we looked at one one time because we've got this closet right there. There's, yep. Yeah, that's filled with old video games, and that's there's awesome. a bunch. There's they're, a bunch right there. Yeah, they're fairly cheap. They're like fifty, sixty bucks total. Yeah. But, and they and they are compatible with all of your old controllers and game, and everything. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. actually yeah. So here's a here's a good bit of trivia for you if you're not looking at the Wikipedia currently. If you had to take a wild guess, when would the last game produced for the uh, Genesis have been released? Independent or produced by a regular publishing company? Uh, I just produced on a cartridge for the Genesis. 2011. Uh, I'm taking a stab in the dark. Uh, I was close. I was gonna say like 2004. It's kind of a toss-up. So there's one. There was one in 2010, <sighs> and it was apparently an an the first RPG specifically designed for the console since 1996. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called. It's called Pure Solar and the Great Architects. Huh. 
uh, and it's by an American company, and it's also the largest 16-bit game ever produced, and it's 64 megabytes. No shit. And then, also amusingly, in 2013, a independent programmer called Future Driver made a Fix-It Felix Jr. game <laughs> based on Wreck-It Ralph <laughs> for the uh, Genesis. Huh. I'll be dipped. Whether or not it actually got a production run, I don't know for the uh, Fix-It Felix Jr., but the uh, Pure Solar and the Great Architects definitely did, and it also supports the uh, Sega CD to play uh, an enhanced soundtrack and uh, sound effects for the game. Oh, right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I actually kind of want to play it. I don't I know. I was like, can you Paul? <laughs> unfortunately, my Mega Drive and Sega, Genesis, or Sega CD don't work anymore and haven't for many years. But I would have yeah. loved to play that. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there's an HD version of the game for uh, Xbox 360, PC, Max, Linux, and Dreamcast. Oh. Possibly. No kidding. I don't know if it ever got finished. Why the fuck would you make it for Dreamcast? Because they made a Genesis game? I mean, I guess, but why the are fuck you guys, would you make it for Dreamcast? Are you going to do a Dreamcast episode? Probably, yes, because I loved the Dreamcast. You'll be talking a lot in that one. <laughs> I played maybe one game for Dreamcast. That would be him by himself with like a mug of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I'll, okay. just, I'll, be, I'll be sitting here playing Wasteland 2, clicking around, <laughs> kind of grunting now and again, you know. Drink a mug of wine or something like that. Yeah. As I want to do. Yeah, because that's literally what you're doing now, I imagine. Oh, this is this is beer. Using that man. same goddamn mug. Like but I do every time beer. we record this show. Last episode, I didn't I, up until last episode that mug escaped my notice, <laughs> which is funny because we've talked about it like ten times. Silly, yeah, silly but Paul. I was drunk at the time. Yeah. One kind of last little interesting tidbit, like little trivia bit for the uh, the Sega Genesis, uh, that there was a handful of games that were released for the Genesis, including whatever that game was that we were talking about, Night Shark, whatever the crap it's called. Sewer Shark. Sewer Shark. Yeah. No, there's another one. Uh, it's Night something or night other. Night Trap? Yes, Night Trap. And I think Sewer Shark too. Um, there there were a bunch of violent games that were released for the system, like Mortal Kombat, and uh, caused Lieberman and his wife to go after the video game industry. And, uh... and it caused Sega to form what was known as the Video Game Rating Council, which eventually became the ESRB, which we all know and love. Essentially, we have Sega to blame for the current bullshit we have to deal with today. Well, the important part about the ESRB and the Video Game Rating Council is that it allowed video game people to police themselves so that the government did not step in and censor the crap out of video games. That's true. So, Unless you're in Australia. Yeah, well, what do we care about Australia? Screw <laughs> you guys. Whoa, whoa. Well, it's not alienate a listener base. Jesus Christ, Dan. Well, produce another Steve Irwin, and then we can talk. I mean, they kind of yeah. gave us Yahtzee. Yahtzee's British. But he lives in Australia. But he's British. But he also lives in Australia. Just because you live somewhere doesn't make you from that place. I'm just saying. <sighs> yeah. Let's just fucking end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Australia, get your shit together with your sensors. You're not Germany. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, <laughs> so, so if you wanna if you wanna go ahead and email us, you can 
Email us. If you want to email hate mail to Dan, you can email him at tom.lodokergaming.com. <laughs> Do it. I love hate mail. Yeah. Just email us. Email me at paulatlittlecartgaming.com if you want to email a podcast to, to email us both some hate mail because I want to read it too and it's funny shit. Podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. Dan runs a Loaded Cart uh, Twitter page. It's at Loaded Cart. I am at Paul Cluel on Twitter. Uh, if you want to check us out, check out our website, it is loadedcartgaming.com because holy shit, I haven't said that enough. Facebook.com slash loadedcartgaming is our Facebook page, but uh, we all hate Facebook, so if you can help us get it off there, it'd be great. Uh, we would love some uh, five-star iTunes reviews if you want to give them to us. Uh, if I mean, I would really appreciate them. You all know that we eventually do have a Patreon coming, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Bailey, Hops and Heroes is awesome, so check them out at Podbean. Is it podbean.com um, Hops and Heroes? Yeah, the website is hopsandheroes.podbean.com. I fucked it up, but mm-hmm. Bailey's awesome. That's She's okay. like, that one. I so am go, awesome. Thanks, seriously, so. go, go <laughs> listen. They're fantastic. It's uh, Drew and Bailey. They talk about beer. They talk about coffee. They talk about games. Good stuff. Go listen to them. It's great. And also, with the, if you want to hear more about uh, in-depth looks at uh, the games that we talked about, at least some of them, uh, Tadpug is doing a Digital Trends Top 25 list, and they also do some more Sega games on the sly. So go listen to them as well over at tadpug.com. Bailey's going to guest star on it, so... It's going to be sweet. Yeah. yeah. I think I covered you... everything. I think you did. Is there oh. anything you would like to add, Bailey? I also owned Where's Waldo for the Sega Genesis. <laughs> there was and a just, Where's Waldo game? And I'm going yeah. to end it right there. It's just, it's just let's just end it. <laughs> Where's Waldo? I'm out. So, <laughs> My uh, Where's Waldo? Uh, there he is. Yeah, that's... It's yeah. like cursor over. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Like, okay. I mean, it's like a digital version of the book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so I win. Yes. <laughs> so there's that motherfucker Waldo, and uh, here's some smooth jazz to play out. I uh, do recall... Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I don't even know where the hell I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall... My brain just took a shit. That flushing sound you heard, listeners, my brain just taking a shit and just letting go afterwards. But uh, but there are actual, literal Sega Super Nintendo... Yeah, like Super... Genesis. Why am I saying Super Nintendo? Because your brain's taking a shit, too. Yeah. You're, you're contagious, Paul. Apparently. One kind of last little interesting tidbit, like little trivia bit for the uh, Dreamcast, or the Dreamcast. What no, the crap? Sorry. <laughs> Paul, what did you do to this podcast, Paul?